Gentlemen, behold! Corn! Oh, well, hey. <laughs> you know, this is pretty nice. Yeah, and I am kind of hungry. Good! Then <laughs> let the mating begin! <laughs> Welcome to a very special episode of Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss the first episode of the Rohan OVA and Street Fighter II, the animated series, episode 19. me about Devil May Cry, your experience <clears throat> with Devil May Cry 3. Uh, I like that there is a lady on a motorcycle and she has a lot of guns and a cool looking rocket launcher and it turns out her name is actually just Lady. Yep. Why not? Sure. Actually her name is like Mary or something like that but I have a feeling that Dante is just going to call her Lady and my assumption is that it's just going to stick. Yep. Because she's still called Lady in 4, which is cool. quite a while after 3. And well, I, I like that this also five, confirms that she's coming back. Yep. Uh, in fact, in the newer versions of 4, she's playable. Oh. Wait, is she not playable in 3? No. Really? Yep. I thought there would be like a whole second campaign after I finished the game where it's just like, okay, you unlocked Lady and it's like a 5 to 10 mission thing. No, you can play as Virgil. In the special oh, edition. Mm. Yeah. All right. I don't know how that works because as I've as I've told you, uh, I played that game when it came out before the special edition yeah. stuff. So all of that is new to me. I'll probably fuck around as Virgil for like a little bit just to see what it's like, but like mostly I want to kind of keep going through these because the goal is to get to five, and I am taking too long. Mm. Yeah, they're also uh, Dan- not long games, so. Danny has already beaten it, uh, which makes sense, because Danny's a maniac. Yeah. More so than I am. Uh, But also, it's only been out for, like, three days. How's he like it, by the way? Oh, he loves it. Like, he's on his second playthrough on hard mode right now. Gamefly sent it to me. I haven't gotten it yet. Should be here probably today, tomorrow, something like that. Uh, it looks really good. It's it's funny, because he mentioned to me, it's amazing that Capcom is making good games again, and I was like... Yeah, it's almost like Inafune was in charge of things for a while and he had this <laughs> fucking stupid stance of like, Japanese games are dead, we need to do everything like the West and they intentionally moved away from the things that made their properties great. Mm. And then Inafune fucked off and now things are okay. <laughs> I'm not sure the blame is entirely on him, but uh, no, it's but... probably not an entire like coincidence. No, not at all. Like, uh, I think Inafune had a... He had his share of the blame with Capcom not making good games for a while there. Yeah. Uh, like, I had mentioned that I didn't really pay attention to anything about Devil May Cry 5, like, other than that first trailer, because I kind of just want to go in fresh as I can. Uh, 
but I did take a look at the review scores and it surprised me that it was like nines and tens across the board because I didn't think anybody but me cared about uh, cared about Devil May Cry anymore. Oh no, I could have told you that. Like I've never played those games, but I've known a lot of people who are nuts about Devil May Cry. Yeah. Like you, Danny, a lot of people who I'm not necessarily friends with, but I just kind of follow online who have been talking a lot about that game before it came out. Right, but uh, I mean specifically in regards to reviews and stuff, it seems like the sort of game that would come out now and people would be like, well, there's no multiplayer, there's no, you know, a sure. hundred Dantes drop onto an island. There's uh, no loot boxes in this thing. Yeah, where are the Four microtransactions? Give me some more. I, I need uh, to buy more costumes for my Dante uh, and my Adam Driver, whatever that guy's deal is. Make Dante dress stupid. up like Mega Man. I mean, yeah. That would be that would be pretty good. Sure, just like in Dead Rising. I would pay money for that, actually. Look, Nero has like a robo-arm, so why not just give him a Mega Buster? So Nero's in four, right? Yeah. And so is like he Dante's son or something? It's like He looks a lot like Dante. He's v- Virgil's Virgil? son? Oh, that makes sense. Okay. From what I remember. Look, I... Don't really remember Virgil, much of the story of four. I'm halfway through three. Here's my understanding of the difference between I'm gonna lay it out, okay? The difference between Virgil and Dante. Virgil, he copulates. Dante, he fucks. Sure. There is no pleasure in what Virgil does. No. It is There's... purely for the <laughs> it's a means to an end. There's pleasure in what Dante does, but only for one party. Right, and also he eats pizza during <laughs> Just unhinges his jaw and lets that pizza slide in <laughs> like, I, played uh, some of... I can't wait to go to the party <laughs> I, uh, like I fired up Devil May Cry 3 And watching the beginning of that I was just like, boy, this really sucks And I love it <laughs> Like I see why I like this so much as a child Uh I'm 31 years old in the part where Lady shows up and shoots a rocket at Dante and he jumps on it and he surfs around. I love that game. Yeah, see, that's what I was saying. Like, this is ground zero for, like, everything Platinum would do later. Even though yeah. uh, Hideki Kamiya was not actually involved in this one, like, he must have just been, like, looking over Itsuna's shoulder and being like, hmm, he's got some good ideas over here. Because, boy... But yeah, I I was told by you, I've been told by other people to skip too, and so I followed that advice. I did watch a video, um, can't remember the name of the person on YouTube who did it, the, the Sphere Hunter or something like that is her name, but she broke down like really well like what's up with that game and why it's disappointing, and the cool thing, thing seems dire. Yeah, the cool thing is, it's easy to skip it because it's technically the last game in the series. Oh, wait, so I know that 3 takes place before 1, 2 takes place after 1, so does 4 take place between 3 and 2 1? 2 takes place, like, way after everything else. Okay. Like, if it's she... even canon anymore, I don't know, because Dante looks way older in 5, but 2 is supposed to be, like, hundreds of years after the others, I think. Huh, okay, because, like, one thing that she brought up in, like, her kind of retrospective thing about this was that, like, in 2, Dante doesn't speak much, 
he's more like stoic during that game. Yep. Which is, I, I can kind of understand because like in the first game, he's got an attitude and he's sassy, but he is nowhere near as smug as he is in number three. Well, yeah. I mean, so I can kind of see that trajectory of him mellowing out over time. If I right. looked at those games in that order. Uh, yes. Like, definitely in 3, he is younger and more brash than he is in 1. But then in 4... That's way of putting it. Like, 4, he's still very sassy, but it is, like, a confident, more cooler sassiness. Um, mm-hmm. Rather than, like, uh, I'm gonna get the party started in 3 and everything. Like that it's thing. like, you didn't get your invitation to the party. You guys are going to have to pay for these damages. Yeah. <laughs> Cowabunga. Yeah, stuff like that. Instead, in 4, he, like, shoots a giant, like, a bunch of holes in a boss shaped like a heart and then materializes a rose in his teeth. It's good stuff. <laughs> that's, still, that's still just the right level of fucking dumb. Yeah. So, yeah, if 5 takes place after 2, then I wonder kind of what his attitude is, and that I wondered, I would assume by this no, point it would just disregard I, that I, I, I just said, it doesn't take place after 2. Okay. I just told what you I that. Had, okay, what I had read was that it did take place after 2. I don't know what, how it would, because I thought 2 was way, way, way after everything else. Not sure. I don't know anymore. I don't think I 2 like actually counts. Main, as like that the main villain of the first one is named Mundus, and that sounds like a real Tim and Eric name to me. Mundus, yeah. Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well, look, he filled her dark soul with light, so everything's okay. I'm glad that was in the first game, because for whatever reason I was thinking I thought that in the pizza thing was from the second so like my I've been so disconnected from Devil May Cry. Uh, that I thought pretty much all the iconic stuff was from the second one, and that the second one was the game that everybody loved. I, for whatever reason, did not understand that the second game was reviled. Yeah. Well, you were wrong. Yeah. Boy, was I. Because, again, everything I've heard, like, having that broken down for me now and kind of understanding what's up with it, that game seems really... Like... Mm -hmm. Even though 1 is a very different game than 3, it's kind of amazing that 2 being what it is even followed up the first one. Yeah. So, I'm Larry now, Davis. With me is George Brundle. We're here to talk about Devil May Cry. Uh, now let's yeah. go on to Devil May Cry 4. Now, here's the thing. There was something that was up with the development of that game. I don't know exactly what. But uh, structurally, it is a weird thing. Because yeah, you gotta backtrack like half the game, don't you? Yep. You get to the end of the game, and it's like, all right, now you're playing as Dante, and you go through the whole game again backwards. Oh, well, Halo did something like that, so it's okay. A little bit, um, but at least levels uh, Halo, by the way, just as an aside. Huh? Uh, there's like two or three levels in Halo where it was just, here's these other levels you already played, but you're going in reverse, and also you're fighting the Flood, and the Flood fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they and were bad. Whatever. Uh, whatever. Go on, tell me, cry. <laughs> at least in this case, though, you're playing as Dante, so you have like all these new moves and stuff. And unlike in uh, 3, you can just switch between styles with the D-pad, which is oh, that's... pretty cool. Yeah. What yeah, style are you using, been... by the way? Uh, Trickster I've mostly stuck with Because I like the kind of movement That yep. it gives me 
That's uh, the but then I've also opinion. Yeah, I've I've at times switched over to the attacker one because I did like that B move for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I switched back to trickster probably after a couple of missions on attacker. Yeah, trickster's kind of the one to use since you can only switch at save points. It's like the most useful one. Uh, yeah, I uh, Royal Guard I did not... apparently is really good if you can get used to it, but I never could. Yeah, I did not try the other two yet, so I don't know what they're actually like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Royal Guard had guarded the name, and my thought process was, well, playing defensively doesn't sound like what I would do in a Devil May Cry, so I'm not picking that. From what I remember, there's some bosses that's really, really good against. Like, you can counter them really easily with it. Uh, I remember using it for... Agni and Rudra, I think. But for the most part, actually game over on those guys once. They're pretty good. They did a dark they did a Dark Souls thing where it was like I killed one of them and then they fused into one. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was like, I'm fucked. I spent a long time on them in the original game. Um because as I had told you previously, in that original version, the American normal was the Japanese hard mode. Uh and it was pretty hard But I'm I interested imagine. to get to them now And see how it would be Especially since It's a weird thing to think about That back when that came out This type of game didn't really exist Like this kind of invented The whole like stylish action thing Well the first one did uh, So like at this point You basically had the first Devil May Cry And Ninja Gaiden And that was kind of it Hmm yeah, uh, the Agni uh, boss fight, they, they take quite a bit of damage. Mm-hmm. So it took me, I think, maybe three attempts to get them, but like the last attempt, I killed them without even triggering the fusion thing. Like I just managed to whittle them down to about the same amount of health, and then I just quickly knocked them both out one after the other. Yep, that's how you're supposed to do it. Oh, okay, well. Like, that's the idea. Good, then I did it right. <laughs> It's just like uh, that boss in Dark Souls 3 Where you do the same thing Well if you're talking about Ornstein and Smo, I'm pretty sure the one that you kill I just first said Dark Souls 3 Oh 3, I'm sorry The one with the guy with the little thing on his back Oh yeah, right Yeah That weirdo Anyway, we watched the Rohan OVA, the first one It's not great <sighs> No no, it's not. This episode opens on like 15 interminable minutes of talking. Mm. Well, really boring it opens, talking. It opens on Rohan doing uh, finger exercises, which I thought was kind of funny. Sure. That was cute. I So did you do what I did and you actually tried them in real life? Nope. I, I did them in real life. Okay. Oh, good. Like I actually loosened up my hands a little bit. Congratulations. Yeah, it's not bad, other than the way it made me look as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, no one was around to judge me, so whatever. Uh, but yeah, th- this opens up with him talking to basically is a publicist, like the editor of the uh, whatever manga Shueisha. anthology thing that he works for. Do you know, and do she you not know his... what Shueisha is? No. They're the publisher who publishes uh, Shonen Jump. You you do I come across like a cultured person to you? Uh, well, you're buying Junji Ito manga by the truckload now, so I would oh, think I you would know what true. Shueisha is. 
Mm. Yeah, I've been debating whether or not to get Slither at the moment. Uh, James Gunn movie? (laughs) No, they locked him up with Tucker and Carlson. Oh, no. Don't put him in there. (laughs) They're sharing a cell together in thought prison. No. Come on. The only difference is one of them deserves to be in there and the other one does not. (laughs) One of them was telling a joke, the other one, I'm not so sure about that. Do not leave anyone alone with Tucker Carlson. Oh, no. I'll put a bow tie on you and then you'll forget a few hours. Tucker Carlson is like the the person I think of when I think of um, that George Carlin bit about Tucker. Like, Tucker! My name's Tucker! (laughs) You want to hear a real name? Eddie. Eddie is a real name. Whatever happened to Eddie, he was here a minute ago. Joey and Jackie and Johnny and Phil, Bobby and Tommy and Danny and Bill. What happened? Todd! (laughs) And Cody and Dylan and Cameron and Tucker. (laughs) Hi, Tucker. I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. I'm Tucker. (laughs) Fuck Tucker. Tucker sucks. I, I watched the best of the worst from Red Letter Media recently where one of the tapes was How to Seduce Women with Hypnosis, and I bet you Tucker Carlson owns a copy of that tape. Probably. That seems like a real Tucker thing to have. Time I hear the name Tucker, I just think of like someone in like a beanie with a propeller on it. <laughs> sure, but he's still got the bow tie. Well, sure. <laughs> He's one of the most influential voices. <laughs> I'm sorry, one of the most effective voices. I'm trying to remember that tweet I saw where someone was just like, oh, media matters. This was a hit by them to try to take out one of the most effective voices of conservative media. Yeah. I mean, it's basically him and, and Mark Levin. Just... Uh, but Mark Levin gets a free pass because he sounds like Master Shig. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, we sort of watched an episode of that. Kinda. Everyone here looks more manga accurate, kinda. Like, they're very detailed, because this is an OVA now. And it, for the most part, looks really good until the very end of the episode, where we see a couple other characters who look horrific. (laughs) Well, maybe they're supposed to. Possibly. There's a... uh, We should just... Okay, so to continue breaking this down, uh, his uh, Okuyasu kind of just looked like he normally does. Like he looked yeah, pretty bit. much unchanged. His eyes were too small. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, and we see the back of Josuke's head, but we don't actually see Josuke in this. Mm-hmm. Probably a good thing. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I wonder what he would have looked like. Also, I kind of don't want to know. Uh, but so his editor is just like, okay. Uh, what what do you want to do to go get material next? And I can't remember exactly what Rohan answers with initially, but his editor is then just like, well, what if you like stayed in the in like a like what if you went to the mountains for a while? What if you hung out in the mountains? Mm-hmm. And so her plot is she wants to basically buy a vacation home in like this millionaire village where like everyone who lives there moved in at age 25 which coincidentally she is age 25 and so and is Rohan, after, isn't it? i i think so yeah uh but after that 
each of these people who have moved in made their big break and have become multimillionaires. There's somebody there who owns like a cosmetics company, somebody who owns a printing company. And so her plot is, well, I could take out a loan and I can pay my entire salary and I could get a home out there and then I could strike it big. And like, you know, I'm still your editor, so I want to help you out. So if you kind of come with me, uh, not only are you like emotional support for me, but like you might get some, you know, good material out of it. So it's win-win. And like Rohan is initially offended by this idea because he thinks that she wants him to buy the house. And he also like, by the way, is financially bankrupt because he spent all his money on a mountain? Yes. Rohan says he bought a mountain. We bought a mountain starring Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> so this is actually episode five, even though it's episode one. This thing is delivered to us out of order, which you said is how it was actually published. Yes. Like, I I looked at the list of the manga one-shots, and the first one that was released was like episode 16. So... We're actually a little closer to being in regular order here. Yeah, this this is some Star Wars shit going on, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't know how or why Rohan spent all his money on a mountain, but he did, and presumably we'll see how that went down in like a future episode. Maybe, maybe that happened like before everything else, like before the rest of Part Four. I was going to say, maybe that just isn't ever going to get explained. They're just going to leave that hanging. Uh, I would bet that's the case. I kind of hope that's the case. (laughs) Uh, So Rohan, he agrees. Um, After the longest series of oys I've ever heard. Oi, 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 oi. Like he just keeps doing that. It's the best part of this episode. Yeah. Uh, by the way, at this point, we're probably about like 10 damn minutes into this episode. It This scene goes on for a long time, and yeah. nothing particularly interesting is spoken of whatsoever. Kind of a pattern uh, for this episode, too. Yes. Uh, so they get to the mountains, uh, where they see that a baby bird has fallen out of a tree, and they do this whole thing of like, oh, I got a candy box on me, we'll put the baby bird in the candy box, we'll figure something out, we'll save this bird. Oh, we're, we are great people. This scene also goes on too damn long, and nothing of any particular worth happens with this bird. It is a visual cue for the end of the episode, and that is it. Mm-hmm. It's okay, because then... Then we get to the meat of this. <laughs> the uh, bizarre child butler appears... Whose eyes are 90% iris. Yes, he looks... Uh, I'm trying to think. What's... There was something where, like, somebody gets infected by a void or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, but it reminds me of, um... There's something uh, where there's, like, a black guy who plays. Who's the guy who plays Dwight Schrute? Oh, uh, Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson, he was in that episode of Tim and Eric Awesome Show with the Crows, and he his eyes were just all black. Oh, right. And it reminded me of that. Yeah. Like, this boy's just going to start screaming, the dark man is coming! <laughs> I There's something in particular that I just can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like somebody, like, a black goo, like, seeps into them and then turns their eyes black like this, and I don't... I can't remember what it is. I hate that. It, it's too early. It sounds familiar, but I'm I'm also not remembering what it is. Yeah. I'm going to remember and then blurt it out. Sure. So we're at the meat of the episode now. Uh, the, the, the boy butler invites them in. 
and offers him some tea and then exits the room and Rohan's just like, wait, hold on a second. Like these sort of places are all about manners. Like this is probably a test about somebody's watching us to see if we drink the tea properly. And so very nervous, his editor picks up the saucer and the cup and then the boy butler opens the door and says, you done fucked up. Yep, you've already breached manners three times. Yep, uh, manner breach number one. You Sat did not compliment chair. me on my beautiful boy eyes. <laughs> oh, well, sure. He doesn't mention, he lets that slide. I think it only counts yeah. once you go in the, like, the room. <laughs> yeah, r- rule number one is you need, as, as the guest, you are not to sit in the chair furthest from the door. He, Which sure. he is. Rule number two, you can't step on the space between the mats mm-hmm. on the ground. Step on a crack, yeah. break your mama's, like, everything, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Step on a crack, your mom gets in a horrible car accident with her boyfriend and dies. Yeah. Uh, rule number three, you're supposed to hold your saucer like an idiot. Yes, do not put your figure through the handle because that is vulgar. Dumbest fucking rule. The other two, I kind of get that one. No, I don't get the like stepping on cracks of the tatami. I can kind of get that maybe being a sort of superstitious thing. I mean, like I don't know, it's superstitious. The look, the hoop. In the glass exists for a reason. You stick your damn finger through it. Yeah. Uh, and the whole like sitting in the wrong seat. Like, were you Wild Bill Hickok? Like, you're like, I gotta sit in the corner so I can see if anybody's coming for me. I wish she said that to the boy, and he's just like, rule number four. <laughs> Call me Bill McCall, Jack McCall, I guess it was. Because guess what? You're getting shot in the head. Blam. Uh, so he or, or she gets up and she's just like, "No, please give me a second chance." And he's just like, "Oh, you want a second chance? Do yes. <laughs> All right, I'll go tell the boss. I will." I do. Slides like the door shut. Every time he does this, though, he's like kneeling down and he just like slowly slides the door shut. Yeah, that was a good bit. Uh, and so she gets a phone call. Uh, and informs her her mother died in a car accident. Also, her boyfriend was in the car. Also, boyfriend dead. Uh-huh. And then Rohan, uh, his pocket starts... Uh, strawberry jelly starts seeping in Rohan's pocket. And he picks up the candy box and realizes the baby bird inside is dead. Uh, the well, box also overflows with blood. Like, I, more I, blood that's in a bird. I was going to say, I'm not sure it's so much the bird is dead as it's been replaced with, like, blood and bugs. Like, there's a centipede coming oh. out of it and everything. forgot about that. Um, yeah, the the boy shows up again and he's just like, okay, well, you've been permitted a second chance. Uh, the rules of the mountain are that if you violate etiquette, something is taken from you. But if you meet etiquette, if you obey the rules of etiquette, something will be given to you. Uh, so Rohan uses Heaven's Door on the boy, as Rohan is wont to do. Uh, starts reading through this boy's book and realizes the boy is not a stand user. There is no stand user. This is actually a magical mountain. So that happens before he actually explains the rules, too. Like, as soon as oh, she gets okay. the call and he, like, looks in his pocket, then he uses the stand to uh, mm. see what's up. And then he comes Grab out it. and he tells him the whole thing about 
taking and giving and whatever. And then he's like, oh, and by the way, like opening someone up and reading them like a book, that's that's bad manners. Uh, so Rohan's punishment is that his editor is now having a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, so Rohan wants to bring her back. He wants to bring everybody back. Uh, so his etiquette challenge is he needs to eat a piece of corn. And he needs to do it properly. And there is a knife, there is a fork, and there is a pair of chopsticks. And Rohan's about to go for the knife and fork, and then he realizes it's a it's a trap. Set up. You don't you don't eat a corn on the cob with a knife and a fork. No, of course not. You don't eat a piece of pizza with a knife and a fork. You don't eat a Snickers bar with a knife and a fork. <laughs> if you do these things, you have no place in our society. There are rules. There are rules in society, and they must be obeyed. That is what this episode is about. It is teaching us a valuable life lesson. Mm-hmm. It has set firmly that you do not eat a corn on the cob with a knife and a fork. Right. Cannot stress this enough. I know people who do this. They are animals. Wait, really? Yes. I might be related by blood to some of them. Like, I've heard of, like, cutting it off and then... Just like eating it like regular my, corn. My mom does this. She cuts the corn off and then eats it, and then she rolls it over and cuts more corn off and eats it. You don't do that. You pick up the damn corn and you stick it in your mouth. The yeah. whole thing at once. Or, like I said, just cut it all off and then just eat it like regular corn if you want to do that. Why would you do it like piece by piece? I don't even think that that's what you should do, but okay. But the no, point is, I, I Rohan, agree, but I'm Rohan saying, gets like, it. I can Rohan's understand on this motherfucker. Rohan's on the same page as me. <laughs> you pick up the corn, you eat it. Yeah, I again, I don't disagree. You eating that shit off the cob? You buy it in a can. Yeah. Ugh, can corn. Can corn is fine. Green mm. corn is not fine. This talking is where about, I stand on corn. Thank you. Talking about Tommy episode, Davidson's character in Black Dynamite. literally nothing better to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Corn talk. Yeah. So, yeah, welcome to Corn Chat. I'm your host, George Brunel. <laughs> so if we can so, find anything worse than a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure podcast, here we go, Corn Chat. Yeah. Today we ate a can of Golden Luck Corn. Uh, you can buy it fifty nine cents at Walmart. Whole corn, whole kernel. Whole... What's your rating for this corn? Out of ten, I give it uh, three cobs out of five. Mm. But our system's out of ten, so that would be um, three, four, five, six. It'd be six cobs of corn out of ten. It's okay. I'm going to give it uh, four and a half cubs out of ten. You I always felt, do this. I felt like the texture was not great. You always um, do. You always rate the corn lower than me. I mean, I, I don't like corn as much as you. <laughs> then why what did you, you agree to do this podcast with me? If you weren't going to enjoy doing it, you should have just told me. Because I got nowhere else to go. This is all I have. Just want to rate yeah, corn well, with my know, bro. Shut up. Eat uh, the corn. I just want to get close to you over corn. Shh, just eat. Just eat the corn. Let's get this cob right between us. 
Cop to cob. Open up the can, pour the cream corn in your mouth. Call me Ty Cobb. Because I'm cobbing this. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, he eats the corn. So, yeah, he eats the corn. Yeah. Corn's been eaten. Uh, also, he wrote inside the boy butler's book that he will no longer be able to see the tile or the, the, the separating part of the tile. So he keeps stepping on it. Yeah. And so Rohan's just like, now you owe the mountain. <sighs> this is so stupid. <laughs> we'll take everything from you, child. Eat this. Yeah, so uh, it revives the editor. Uh, well, so the boy like, is the, panicking, the, the, and the he's just butler. like... Because Rohan's also like, revive her mom, revive her brother, revive the bird. And the boy is just stammering, dumbfounded, and is just like, uh, do you want to retry your application? The boy or do butler, you want to leave her? He's like, this is cheating. And Rohan's like, no, it isn't. And it's like, yes. Yes, it is, actually. Making it so he can't see the cracks. That is 100% cheating. Yeah. I mean, he already broke the rules by opening the boy up like a book. Yeah. So, it's definitely cheating. Open you uh, up like a love Ro- letter and enter your dreams. As the great Nick Cave uh, said. <laughs> Rohan decides that he's going to leave for the day. Uh, takes the editor with him. He notices that the bird is actually alive in the box now. And uh, as he is recounting to uh, Joe's K and Koichi and what is his name? Okuyasu. Corn. He is recounting to Kornichi, Kornske, and Corn that it's Corn from Jet Set Radio. All the corn is fine. Yeah, the corn. Every was not cob actually, has been encountered. It was not in a serious car accident. The corn was just rear-ended, and uh, the corn yes. freaked out, overreacted. Which yes, I really like the right. idea of like they got rear-ended and then immediately call her up and like we're dead. <laughs> or I guess like it would be like your mom but... is dead, your boyfriend is dead, they're all dead. Yeah, I forgot. It was like the relatives that called her about it, so it's like ah, they overreacted. Just like Ugh. what the fuck? If my relatives called and said another relative was dead, and then they call later and they're just like, I'm sorry, I re- overreacted. I would tell them that no, you're dead. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> First I go mega on you <laughs> And I go mega on your friend You stay where you are I got this corn cob to finish And then I'm coming for you I'm coming at you with the cob Believe me Oh no uh, So yeah um, Rohan's moving in with uh, Okuyasu At the end of this yes. episode Yes Now that I want to see Again reminder He spent all his money on a mountain and he's like, yeah, your dad seems pretty interesting. I love, I want, I, I can get good ideas from my manga from a weird little Kappa monster. Yeah, I love that your dad has, like, leprosy. I'd love to move in. Mm-hmm. Why well, just, like, you know, rub my fingers around on him and feel his pustules? Ugh. Ugh. I mean, think about what he did what to I, that spider. I want to blindfold my, myself and touch your dad until I can draw him from memory. <laughs> Okuyasu's dad just lying there on a chase lounge saying, like, draw me like one of your French girls. 
boy. Oh, God. I want to see this. So that, that's the end of the first episode of the Rohan Kishbe OVA. It was actually really boring. Yeah. Not a lot happened until, like, they actually... So when the stuff popped off with, like, using Heaven's Door the first time and everything, like, that's where it got interesting, but it got interesting for the span of, like, three minutes, and then that confrontation was over. We've had a lot of stand battles where there are interesting twists and turns to keep you hooked. Nothing like that happens. It begins and ends with Rohan used his stand, and it worked. He won. The end. Yeah, he's just like, alright, we're leaving. And then he's gone. Yeah. It's like if a stand user showed up with a really interesting power and Jotaro aura aura'd him immediately, and that was the end of the episode. Yes, which really kind of is how it should go in real life. Yeah. Like if it was actually sure. happening, but. You know. Like that, that's tension. the thing, too. This is a. This was a novel, right? This wasn't a manga? No, it was manga. Oh, it was? Yeah. Okay. It was like a novel, and I was going to be like, that makes sense why there would be so much more like of a focus on dialogue. Yeah, they it was a manga one-shot. Each one was. God, so if there was just that much talking at the start of it, and that couldn't be the case, because if it was a one-shot, then I imagine the reason they talked so much at the start of this was they needed to fill out an entire episode, which does not give me confidence for the rest of this OVA. Yeah... Yeah. That's kind of a bad sign. This one also. Um, this is Millionaire Village. Hold on. Oh, that was. That was some good sneezes. Yeah. Um, this one. Give the sneezes a 4 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, so the dates that these were made. Are like all over the place The first one was in 1997 And then the second one was in 2007 So like Yeah Araki just like made one And then ten years later was like Eh I should do that again Uh, And then after that They come out a lot more regularly About once a year generally Since 2011 Uh, So this is still ongoing That he's been doing this Oh yeah yeah one just came out February 2018 That's the most recent one uh, And actually the last ones have been in order It's been 7, 8, and 9 So I uh, hear those ones really subvert your expectations Get it? Because it's like the Star Wars I tied it all back I did it Yeah It's roulette time it. Yeah, so it's a good thing that we have anime roulette going for us because this episode of Rohan Kishibe spoke or didn't move or whatever the fuck this thing is called was a stinker. It's it's but spoke, episode but I really nineteen like how... of Street Fighter Two the animation is a motherfucking banger. It is, 
Oh, and by the way, that thing about uh, the Rohan OVA being like what it's called, I like how the title screen says the spoke uh, Kishibe Rohan, like even in English there, and the genius, like big brain fan subbers have to be like, no, it's actually uh, Rohan doesn't move. Yeah, so this confused me, and I think that this is actually, I remember back in 1979 when we started this podcast, I got really confused over which version of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure we were watching. Mm-hmm. This, I think, actually is defensible, because I got really confused and had to ask you, because I thought it was Thus Rohan Kishibe spoke, and I looked for that. And then I saw it was like episode five or something. And then I asked you, like, I thought that the thing, like, how many episodes is the thing that we're watching? How many am I supposed to watch? Yes, this is also and why I gave you a link to it move. and said, keep this link so you'll have it in Shut the up. future. You don't need to bring that up. <laughs> no. Don't need to talk about that. And I get a call from <laughs> you this morning that's like, wait, which, uh, what, uh, what was the site? Where, where do I watch this? And I said, remember when I gave you the link and said, keep this link bookmarked so you don't ask me. Look, in my defense, in my defense. Street Fighter 2, the animated series. Street Fighter 2, episode 19. Also known as Street Fighter 2, or just Street Fighter, the animated series, or just Street Fighter. Yeah. So, okay. Similar to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I don't actually know much about Street Fighter 2. I'm very bad at fighting games, and I don't seek them out too often. I did not have have a Super Nintendo growing up. I did not play a lot of Street Fighter. I still have not played a lot of Street Fighter. That's true, but even so, you know Chun-Li is not a news reporter. Yes, so there are multiple things about this show that I'm pretty sure are not actually canon in Street Fighter. I'm pretty sure the Street Fighters are not a special task force led by Guile. Nope. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're just a bunch of dudes who fucking fight in the streets. Well, no. There are... Kind of. It's not quite like Tekken or Dead or Alive where there's actually... I mean, more like they're mostly just unaffiliated. Yes. Like, outside of Chabaladu or whatever, but like... Yeah. Uh, yeah, like Chun Li and Guile aren't part of a task force. They're not working together with the government. Well, actually, those are maybe kind of the two that would, because Chun Li is Interpol, I think, um, oh, okay. and Guile is Special Forces. But other than that, like, no, Blanca is not teamed up with them and roaming around, uh, like any of that stuff. By the way, I had mentioned when I was watching this, the intro to this talks about Guile and Chun-Li and Blanca it does not mention anything about Ryu or Ken the yeah. actual main characters of Street Fighter yeah they are, are not, not in this episode no not at all yeah so that's that's the other thing that I was going to say is I'm pretty sure Guile is not the main character of Street Fighter I would assume that to be Ryu yes like Ryu, Ken, and Chun-Li are the ones that would associate more with like the lead role of Street Fighter not, not Guile yeah but because this is a, a cartoon for Americans, they went with the American army dude. Yep, it's the same thing with the movie with Jean Claude Van Damme. He yeah. dials the main so character I kinda, of that. I kind of get, I I get that. I get that moment in time. They would just lead with whoever the American character was. Right. Also, by the way, this is not an anime. Like this was a goof. No. Uh, yeah. You actually fooled me with this. <laughs> I was hoping I knew that, that you would there not was find a... out. 
Yeah, I knew that there was an American Street Fighter cartoon. I thought there was a Japanese one, too. There's like three movies that are Japanese-made movies. So I was thinking it was one of those, but it was like a whole series. So I'm going to say... Oh, you got me. I'm going to skip ahead. We're going to remove this from the roulette, and even though I usually don't (laughs) disclose the uh, substitutions, it's going to be substituted with Street Fighter 2 V, which is the actual anime thing. Okay. Now that this goof's out of the way. I... I also mentioned I put this on here just on the off chance that we would somehow land on the episode with M. Bison saying, yes, yes, because I was really hoping it would happen, but unfortunately. You know, that's the thing. Even though we didn't get that, this episode is fucking bonkers. It starts out with Guile and Blanca are in the Middle East, and they're like there to keep the peace in the Middle East. And there's a bit, I swear to God, there's a reporter who says, things are intense here in the Gaza Strip. And then Kyle and Blanca fucking walk by yep. right in their shot. Just like a completely upright green monster man with orange hair just strolling by. Wearing a pair of cargo shorts. Yep. And there's, they're like... Well, we've got uh, people. We've got Israelis and Iraqis and everything. Things are getting hot. And then, yeah. like, they see Blanca and they're like, "What is that?" And the two guys, who I guess like they're supposed to be like boring dudes, are just like, "Now that's something we yeah. can agree on." By the way, they're just standing out in the middle of the road, getting in an argument with AK-47s drawn. Right. And it's just like, that's the Middle East dude is just people yelling at each other with fucking assault rifles out. Yep. Also, there's a poster on the wall behind one of them that just says Fist. I don't know what that's about. Oh, the Arabs do love Fist. The Sylvester Stallone movie? Yeah. That could be the only thing Fist would allude to. Yeah. Uh, Something uh, to note so here. Yeah, Bl- Blanca sounds like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Yes, and is voiced by the guy who plays Duo Maxwell. Uh huh. Among and, other things. Boy, so yeah, they they are mad about Blanca's appearance, and Blanca like there's a really extended bit where Guile is just trying to talk Blanca down, like he's trying to calm his rage. Uh, but then these guys just start throwing rocks at him. Quick note: this episode's called Face of Fury, and you'll find out why later on. Yes. Well, we actually uh, kind of, so, can't remember if it comes right before this. I think it does, actually. But um, Vega is in prison. He's in Supermax. Sure. Uh, but he's allowed to keep his mask uh, because he attacked people when they removed it from him. Right. They, um, so there's something here about how Blanca has disfigured his face, and so Vega wants revenge on him. That's yes. not from the games. Uh, Vega just wears the mask so nothing will hurt his face because he's narcissistic. Uh, and in fact, when he takes it off later, like he has a black eye but seems otherwise unchanged. So I think this is supposed to be like um, that time Cody Rhodes was wearing like the weird plastic mask because he thought he was like hideous or whatever. All right. Yeah. That, no, that's directly based on this episode. <laughs> yeah. I think so. McMahon just in his office screaming, I wanted to be like the Street Fighter! <laughs> Cody Rhodes, he's a real Vega type. Now I remember seeing a cartoon where Vega was wearing a mask and thought he was disfigured, so what do we do about that? 
I got 10 buckets of green lead-based paint in my garage. We're going to pour it all over Roman Reigns and send him out there. We're going to dunk that Samoan in a bucket of orange. Congratulations on Roman Reigns for going into remission. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Roman. We can make fun I'm of you again. I'm genuinely happy that he's okay. That's super... I'm not a Roman Reigns fan. Yeah. Like most people, but Jesus Christ has a gut punch. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Like, uh, as much as I don't care about Roman Reigns, like when he actually came out, I was like, uh, here's my real name. I don't even remember what it is, honestly. Uh, <laughs> and I just. <laughs> that's how much I respect <laughs> Roman Reigns. It's just like, hey, I'm just Tommy. I'm just a guy out here. I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I choose to believe his name is Tommy. Tommy Reigns. <laughs> oh, God. Next, we're going to do 10 minutes on why Warren Jess was wrongly incarcerated. <laughs> Charlie Reigns turns into Blanca. Oh, God. So, yeah, so uh, Blanca starts getting in a fight with these guys, like electrocutes a bunch of them to death. And then there's a news report on the TV in the prison cafeteria basically going like, a grain man brought peace to the Middle East and this infuriates Vega. Yeah. I mean... Just gets up and throws the TV. <sighs> <laughs> this show, man. It's something. So Vega orchestrates a prison break because he's upset that he saw Blanca solving the middle. <sighs> Man. Trump had to go over his chiefs of staff to give Blanca security clearance, by the way. <laughs> if he didn't do it, he wouldn't be here. Oh, God. Imagine just like that the picture of the bunch of world leaders, like with their hands on the orb, but one of them is Blanca. <laughs> be so good there's <laughs> Blanca there like thank you for letting me join these talks god his voice is so bad <laughs> I, I just want to learn how to love I stand with Palestine <laughs> No blood for oil. Bernie Sanders has to come out and defend him. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> anyway, Blanca breaks out of fucking jail. He steals Vega. a van. Which is, yeah, Vega breaks out of jail. He steals a van. Which is later just seen with Blanca carved into the side of it. Yeah, very neatly. But before that happens, Chun-Li, by the way, is a news reporter who just wears a suit over her Chun-Li outfit, which is, like, very visibly poking out of the top of the suit. Yep. I don't know if she's supposed to be, like, undercover here or what. The bad cover if she is. Well, yeah, because she, she says, like, like, an idiot. Because she says, like, this is Chun-Li Zhang for GNN News. <laughs> In fact, hold on, I wrote down exactly what he's, she said oh, yes. because it was really funny to me and I need to pull it up. It It's a perfect uh, okay. summation. 
Yeah. Officials warn that Vega, a former matador and martial arts expert, is extremely dangerous. This is Chun Li reporting for GNN News. Yeah. Anyway, Guile shows up. He doesn't really seem phased at all that Chun Li yeah. is reporting for the news. Oh, actually, before this, Guile sends Blanca away on vacation, which is like preceded by him yelling, You're a loose cannon, Blanca! <laughs> Yes, he has this heart-to-heart -heart talk with him in a hotel room where he's like, Look, I know you're... Blanca, you're, I know your body's changing a lot right now. You're finding hair in strange places that didn't used to be there, like your shins. Uh, but believe me, it's going to get better. You just need to take some time and cool off and we're gonna... You just... just take a vacation. There, there are multiple times in this episode where he, like, specifically says, Look... I know you were downed with massive amounts of mutative goo, but... <laughs> yep. And so they try to figure out where Blanca is, and they're like, Oh, right, Hawaii. Of course. Yeah, because uh, his uh, his girlfriend or wife or whatever is from Hawaii, and Miley. Giles just like... Yeah, Giles just like, Miley would be the only person that Blanca would think would accept him anymore, so he would go there. And this is when they pass by the van with Blanca scribed in the side of it and they're just like oh that's not good for vega <laughs> right but like there's so many times in this episode of blanca just yelling like my lay <laughs> yeah. it but just sounds like he's saying like my Hawaii, leg we get this really really fucking just a plus cut of just a normal cabin of an airplane and Blanca is just standing. <laughs> That's right, and nobody is on the same side as Blanca, too. Everybody's on the <laughs> other side. Just, yeah, all cowering, and they're just like, I didn't know they let animals on this plane that weren't in crates. And then Blanca just punches a hole through <laughs> the seat next to him, and somehow this causes the plane to start to crash. Yes, like, I had kind of hoped he would just, like, punch a hole in the window and start sucking people out. Like, like Blanca's going to be just... like, let's open some motherfucking windows. And then everybody flies out, like, snakes in a plane. Uh, yeah, just, like, does his spin thing out the side of the fuselage. <laughs> sure. So lands, just drops down onto Hawaii. And as we find out a bit in the show, they really like to do the character's signature moves. Oh, sure. It's a really good 90s touch to have them do that and also yell the names of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, Blanca is uh, now on, in Hawaii with uh, Mai Li. And uh, Mai she is... Mai Lei, I'm, so... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Blanca. Uh, don't please don't give me the head bite. I wanted to be the one to fill your dark soul with light. <laughs> My so Miley accepts him for who he is. She's just like, you've changed on the outside, but not on the inside. Anyway, let's go in and just, like just bring you out into public. Yeah, let's head to I know a luau. We've had a lot of problems with that, but like, let's go to a luau, maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll get shitty Hawaiian food. Yeah, I love this guy that shows up. This guy is like <laughs> this, like fat, white, bald tourist who starts taking pictures of Blanca. Yeah. It's like the folks just... at Boise are gonna get a load of this. <laughs> yeah, I, just love I hate Boise. Boise. <laughs> 
I have only been to Sheboygan once, and it was a disappointment. It was terrible. Now you're anyway, doing that he kids in the hall thing again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay. So, I saw yeah, Blanca. the Blanca sex tape. It was a disappointment. <laughs> You'd never believe it, but Blanca, he's only five inches long, but as thick as a soda can. <laughs> Blanca claims to be Brazilian, but from what I heard, he's actually from Hawaii. Well, Blanca's pissed, and then my Lego comes up to him and is just like, Yo, dude, you fucking changed on the inside, too. <laughs> Leave. Oh. I don't love you anymore, man. It's kind of a mean thing to do to a green monster, Yeah, man. she's actually kind of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Like, Blanca's been like, through a lot, and it also maybe affected his brain juices, so give him yeah, a break. he got doused. By massive amounts of radioactive goo. Like, he's got some stuff going on, lady. Like, he just needs a shoulder to lean on. It's kind of on you to suggest that you go to this luau. Mm. His CO told him to take a vacation because he's been attacking random dudes in public. <laughs> what the fuck, lady? He seriously says, Blanca, you're a loose cannon. Like, yeah, can't stress that enough. That's line. what Guile actually says. Someone wrote that down in the script, and another oh. person spoke it, and it made it to Spe TV. That that person who wrote it, Steve Perry, credited <laughs> at the beginning of this episode. I have to believe now, after having watched this, it is the Steve Perry from Journey. Like that's the only explanation. Yeah. Steve Perry, like his possible. kid, his kid, his kid was playing uh, Street Fighter Two, and he looked at it and said, "Hmm." I've got some good ideas for how yeah. this all happened. I could write a Saturday morning cartoon about this. Yeah. I want to know what Steve Perry thinks the origin of Dalsim is. <laughs> like, he thinks he's just like a Stretch Armstrong come to life or something. Yeah, no, he was a guy who worked at a Stretch Armstrong factory. And oh. then Vega came in, uh, obviously part of the criminal empire, Shabaladoo. And uh, there, was, there was a scuffle. In the in the Stretch Armstrong factory, and Vega accidentally knocked him into a vat full of the Stretch Armstrong goo. Oh! And it like ended up inside of cuts that he had, and it like fused with his blood, and then he became all stretchy. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I've played Street Fighter <laughs> a little bit. Well, just a tiny bit. I didn't play Dawson's story, to be fair. No. Uh, but I was, you know, I was a little I played disappointed. Giles and he's the main character, so <laughs> yeah. I think I have a good idea what happened. I was a little disappointed we didn't get any like Zangief in this episode either, because I want to see what this show, what he's like I'm in this. We didn't get any bison in this. Yeah, yeah. Man, but it was still good because yo, Blanca was in the fucking Middle East <laughs> in the that Gaza whole, Strip. That whole segment. What the. Like, it opens with that too Like it just comes out of the title screen Right into that and it's like What is this 
I had sent you a Discord message that was just like, the first five minutes of Street Fighter 2 is way better than all of Rohan Kishibe, and I stand by that. I agree. Uh, so yeah, uh, Blanca is, is having a crisis. His woman wants to leave him. Uh, she's thrown him under the bus. And now, wouldn't you know it, Vega has showed up. And he's threatening Mai Lee, and that really sends Blanca off the edge. Yeah. Uh, and so they get in this in this big fight. It's actually kind of a, a well done, interesting fight. Like with more, I would assume, unique animation than what I would expect from a show of this caliber. I mean, like there's, okay. there's definitely some bits that you know that they're using every episode. Like the straight-on shot of like Blanca doing his spin towards the camera. What like, stuff about like that? The part where uh, Vega picks up a torch and is like threatening uh, Blanca with it, and Blanca just picks up a pot and tosses it at him like he's <laughs> <Yeah>. Link. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. This is also like after Vega just like slashes him with his claws and they snap, and he's just like, "Oh fuck, I gotta get out of here." <laughs> I also really like how this starts with Vega like grabbing Miley and like holding her hostage, and then he's like, "Oh no, actually, I don't really care." It just tosses her away to fight yep. Blanca. Yeah, but no, there's a bit where like Vega is out to get uh, blood, and then he realizes Blanca is even stronger than before, and then Vega just turns into a gigantic pussy and is just like, "I gotta go." Yep, you're way stronger than I thought you were. I I want to be back in jail now where right. I'm safe. But now Blanca is yeah. in full beast mode. He's yes. going to give Vega uh, and... an F5. <laughs> That's right. Uh, 14 Ladies German suplexes in a row on Vega. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. And I am here with the beast, Blanca. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Suplex I'll, city, bitch. I'll get you, Gadget. <laughs> you know, but I should have said, no, my actually, name I is don't... M. Bison. But okay, <laughs> what? My, I don't watch a lot of wrestling. I will say, though, that fight of Brock Lesnar versus um, the You Can't See Me guy. John, John Cena. Cena. <laughs> that's, that's the dude. <laughs> the you can't see me guy. Like one of two wrestlers that many people could actually name. Oh, no. The the dude in the jorts when yep. he like suplexed him like fourteen times was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was SummerSlam. That was the whole match. Yep. Oh he John Cena got SummerSlammed, alright. That's right. There was a, the a kid in the audience there freaking out. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah there was. He was traumatized. Good. Uh, as I would be if I saw Blanca fighting anybody at this point. Because Blanca is, is at a point where he can't tell friend from foe because Guile and Chun-Li shows up and he just immediately starts attacking them. Yeah. Like, Guile does this whole thing of, like, do you know who I am? And Blanca's like, should I care? And then throws <laughs> him into, like, some lawn chairs. Yeah. There are a lot of, like, randomly placed lawn chairs here, too. <laughs> yes, there are. Well... You know, set dressing is important. Yeah, yeah, it's an art. Uh, Chun-Li does her, like, uh, upside-down spinning bicycle kick thing spinning at him. and kick. Yeah, okay. spinning bird, and he just no-sells the whole thing, just punches her into yep. a fucking pool. He just ducks and punches directly into her face. 
Uh, he almost gets hit with a sonic boom, uh, but is also not phased by that. Well, he does get hit by uh, it, like, in the back. Oh, well, he, he's still, like, going, though. Yeah, so yeah. So this fight ends up going into, like, the streets. Uh, oh, no, actually, like, to go back a little bit, the part where Vega actually gets freaked out is when Blanca just picks up an entire tree, snaps it in half, and then throws each half at Vega, and Vega's just like, oh, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that somehow. <laughs> but yeah, Guile and Chun-Li decide that the way to fix this is uh, to combine their moves, even though they don't actually combine. No, they just attack at the same time. Yeah, he's just like... Also, they don't have a name for Chun-Li's fireball. He's just like, use your fireball and I'll use my sonic boom. Uh, I for, though, like I forget what the name of Chun-Li's fireball actually is, so... It might yeah. just be Fireball. I don't know. It has a name like a, a, a token. There is a bit during this where Vega does get up and he takes off his mask and he looks in the pool and he's got the black eye and he goes, I've been defigured again. Yeah. Which means presumably his face was completely normal and he just got that shiner. So. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think maybe he just thinks that. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, but then he takes my, my Lee uh, captive and, like, holds his claws up to her face, and this actually, I'm surprised, made it into a children's cartoon. Even for, like, the point in time that this took place, where he's just like, you mutilated my face, now I'm going to mutilate hers, and you will never recognize her again. Uh-huh. It's like, fuck. Well, look, this was on the USA Network, so... Oh, that's right. Characters are welcome there, so... <laughs> that's right. Unlike TBS, is which is character. very funny. You know, those little interstitial bits where, like, Monk tells you what's going to be on next, and then Vega shows up, and he's just like, characters welcome. <laughs> That's right. I'll just figure Monk's face, and you'll never recognize him again. Oh, no. I'm Mr. Monk. Great Tony <laughs> Shalhoub. <laughs> so, yeah, they... Uh, Better get they... a good look at Tony Shalhoub's face, because it's the last time you'll ever see it, says Vega. <laughs> He does it, but then he pops out another head, like in Men in Black. Oh no. Vega is just like, fuck us, I'm out. <laughs> Vega does that a lot. <laughs> I don't know out. the extent of Tony Shalhoub's power, I'm bailing on this. Nobody expects the full extent of Tony Shalhoub's power. Not even Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub just picks up a tree, snaps it in half, and throws each half at Vega. Tony, you know... Mm. <laughs> I want to see a biopic of Reggie from Nintendo starring Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> oh, that would be good. That would be really good. Imagine Tony ah. Shalhoub just coming out on stage and saying, My body is ready. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they successfully take down Blanca, and I forget what happens to Vega exactly. Well, as I had mentioned... Uh, Blanca does do the special beam cannon Somehow Oh that's right Like he yeah. he straight up puts the two fingers to his forehead And they start glowing the same way The special beam cannon does Except also Blanca has the electricness Around him uh, And then somehow he like Shoots a beam I think that's at Vega And like I don't know knocks him out Yeah uh, And that's Basically, Street Fighter Two, the animation. Well, no, which the, the end is Mylay shows up, and she's like, "Ah, oh, 
you had a, a heart of rage but you didn't now you have a, you used to have a nice face now you just have a face full of fury and she leaves or like Blanca leaves and then Chun-Li's like no see it's alright because uh, he responded to you a little bit so that means he's still in there somewhere yeah and then that's it you know we can't let him out in civilized society anymore but we'll get back to you yeah we're, we're, we're work in progress we'll find him we'll put him in a cage somewhere we'll get him all doped up on tranquilizers He'll be okay. It's okay. I'll t- I'll tell Guile to never send him on a vacation again. This was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, we should keep a short leash. Uh, don't let him wander too far. I'm not responsible for this, but I am the responsible party around here. There there, there are adults in the room. I just mm-hmm. want to let you know. Yeah. All right, Blanca, back in your cage. Sit, Blanca. Sit. Good boy. Put you in the cargo hold of the plane this time so you don't scare the normies. <laughs> Bunch of assholes, those guys. Like, oh, the God. Other side yeah, no, everyone's plane. a fucking. Everyone's like, a dick they were, they in this like, show. They were like those rich guys in Ace Ventura 2 or something. They were just like, oh my. A green <laughs> man on my plane? I was born just like the rest of you, out of the back of a rhino's butt. (laughs) Don't judge me. You must be the Monopoly guy. (laughs) Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. She was a man. Oh, boy. The end of Ace Ventura 1. Yeah. Blanca just talking with his butt. Well, that's just good, clean fun. Yeah, he makes his butt do the special beam cannon, just for fun. <laughs> Alright, so that's it for Street Fighter 2, or Street Fighter, or whatever it's called. The bad one. Are... Yeah! Well, look, it's It's bad, but it's, it's also bad. really good. Yes. It's good bad. I actually uh, plan to fall asleep with this on tonight, starting from episode one. <laughs> Great. That's probably the ideal way to enjoy it, honestly. Yeah. Just barely lucid, just hanging on there, just trying to figure this shit out. Yeah. All right, uh, so... To go to the randomizer again, as mentioned, now replacing this with Street Fighter Two V, which is the anime yeah. one, uh, which has 29 episodes, so... Couple I mean, more. I don't know if that'll work. I know everything about Street Fighter now. They're a special forces team. So apparently, um, um, from what I remember reading, Street Fighter 2V is also not really that accurate. Oh, so, good. I hope it's super inaccurate, but in very different ways. I think so. Like, I think this is like much more serious, but also is that's, not really that's close great. to the uh, games. I will die with a lack of understanding about what Street Fighter actually is, and I would not have it any other way. I mean, honestly, all this stuff is probably the reason that the Street Fighter lore is so hard to understand, because there are so many conflicting versions of it out there. Um, Like, sometimes Blanca was Charlie, who got turned into Blanca. Sometimes not. Sometimes Charlie's a different guy. You know? Like, here, it looked like Charlie in the flashbacks. Um... Oh yeah, there, there was a flashback where it explains that the reason Blanca attacked Vega was Vega was attacking attacking a doctor that was able to turn Blanca back into like 
normal human. Well, he was able to stop it because at that point he wasn't like Blanca yet. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. He looked like Charlie then. Well, you know. Okay, anyway, uh, I'll go 1 through 10. Also, I think we've maybe been a little too eager in cutting things off this roulette because we still have 20 weeks left. Hmm. 10 entries here. Well, so. hey, look. It's going to be longer than 20 weeks, okay? Because they're going to keep going on break with JoJo's. Probably. Oh, we man. got 8, which is... Majin Bone. Hmm. Majin Bone. <laughs> hmm. I don't know what this series is. I saw the title of it and thought, I'm gonna do that. Oh, great. There are 52 episodes, so let's start at 26. Yeah. Yeah, 47. AK, oh, 47. Just rubbing right up next to the end again, as we have done pretty <laughs> consistently so far. Uh, I mean, it works. Yeah. Now the random number generator has been very kind to us. Um, I think we've only really had like you know one real dud in this whole experiment of ours, and like Slam Dunk was okay, maybe not the best for this, but it was still like yeah, I had a good time watching it. Yeah. All right, so. this episode is Forbidden Memory. It's episode forty-seven mm. of Majin Bone. We are forbidden from remembering this episode of Majin Bone, and so we won't actually be able to talk about it. From what I'm seeing, this does not look anything like what, what I would expect a series called Majin Bone to look like. Uh, but, mm. alright. Uh, so before we go, should we make like a few quick predictions on what we think uh, we're going to come back to with Golden Wind next week? The uh, episode's um, something like the G in Guts. Mm. What's called? Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, so my prediction is we're going to see whatever becomes of Fugo. I think that we're not going to just totally drop him off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, also, I also think that if we do not get a new intro on this next episode, we are not getting one for the rest of Golden Wind. I think like this is the time that they're going to do that or they're not going to do it at all. That seems very likely. Because we're coming back from a break. Uh, the, the boss's identity has... Not been revealed, but like he is set up as the main villain now, and we're about halfway through the season, so it it makes the most sense at this point. But yeah, you know, I'm not sure. We thought that we're, they were going to do that with the assassination squad, and they didn't. So yeah. You know. Nope. Well, I thought it would be when uh, Trish got her stand, but that still hasn't happened. So yeah, that still hasn't kicked in yet. So I'm not sure. Uh, by the way, real real quick too, I saw a pretty good edit of the scene where Narantia is trying to swim up to the boat, where someone just changed it so whenever his head was actually submerged in water, it would just be like him gurgling. Mm -hmm. And then when he surfaces, it's screaming back whatever line of dialogue was there at that time. Right. Good times. Well, it's good because it does. It still causes like Guido and everyone just kind of smiling approvingly. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. Uh, Thanks for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Love you it. know, we it's a JoJo's podcast. We're supposed to be talking about Par 5, but, you know, fuck. Well, they don't have any interest in making it, so... 
Yeah, they don't have the determination. Determination. Sure. Oh. Is that your Cajun All right. accent? Yes, that definitely is. All right, well. Um, we'll see you next time on this Stand this and Deliver. Try to pep things up a little bit, you know, give some energy. You know, for the yeah. people at home, you, you got to get hype, as they say. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, get get excited, get uh, high energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Gentlemen, I bring you more corn! Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, after last time... This uh... time shall be different! <laughs> yeah, well, all right. Because I am hungry again. It's not different at all! Is it Steve? Ha <laughs> ha!